This is an ABC podcast. G'day everyone, I'm going to kick off the snack pack this week with a very simple question. Have you ever been bitten? Like actually bitten? Not metaphorically bitten, not like, oh, I've bitten off more than I can chew, or I've been bitten by love, or I'm taking a bite out of a fictional snack pack podcast, which cannot happen as my seven-year-old daughter continues to remind me because she's very angry that this snack pack is not an actual physical thing, and I'm sorry, I apologise to her again on a daily basis. I mean, have you been bitten by a dog? Or a mosquito? Or a shark? If you have, guess what? You are eligible to join a very exclusive club. That is Bite Club. We'll be learning about that on today's podcast, plus the wonderful Missy Higgins dropping in, and we'll be learning about Mastodon. What is Mastodon? It's the place that a lot of ex-Twitter users are flocking to. I don't know anything about it. I'm ready to learn, though. So it'll be learning, loving and biting here on the Snack Pack. Well, we had a house full of people. It was a beautiful Sunday afternoon and all the doors of the house were open and the cats wandered in with a big, fat, juicy, live mouse and yum, yum. promptly dropped it at our feet. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I'll quickly pick that up and put it outside. And um, it latched onto my finger very firmly. And I screamed because that's not what I was expecting and ran around with the mouse hanging off my finger to all my friends to scarf. Bitey, bitey. I've never been bitten. One person has been bitten by the creative bug, though. That's for sure. And when you're an artist like her someone who's incredibly well-known for their work, well, you also become well-known as a celebrity and people start wanting to know about all aspects of your life, not just the thing that drew you to public fame in the first place. So it must be delightful to be recognised for the thing you actually started doing, which is exactly what has happened to Missy Higgins, who has just taken out the Melbourne Prize for Music 2022, which recognises that outstanding contribution that she has made to Australian music and our cultural life. Missy Higgins, you've had a lot of acclaim over your long career. What does this award mean to you? Um, oh, God, I was so, um, honestly, so shocked and surprised when they called out my name. I had my expectations very, very low. Um, Why? I, oh, well, oh, well, my manager had told me to set my expectations low. <laughs> <laughs> they earned their 15% um, with that, just crushing of the dreams. Yeah, I know. It's like, damn, you guys. Um but at least the surprise look on my face was genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's. I'm just so chuffed. It's. It seems like a real, um, a real nod of, of the achieve. You know, towards the achievement of my career. Mm-hmm. I guess I've felt very much like a Melbourneian musician my whole life. I've written so many songs about, or, or not so much about Melbourne, but but, but set here, mm-hmm. like very much steeped in the culture of this city. And um, I have been doing it a long time. I've got, I don't know, six albums or something. So I guess it's just nice at this point in my career to just go, well, oh, my music must, you know, it must mean something. It must have made a difference. <laughs> as I said earlier, you're, you've been so well-known for so long, but when you start out as a young artist, I imagine fame is alluring, it's intoxicating, it's part of the successful journey, then you probably get to a point where you could do without it or even want to shun it. And I, like so many people, watched that beautiful interview you did with Zan Rowe for Take 5, which was a pretty personal 
raw account of, of where you've been at in, in recent times. Are there times when you could do without the name, Mr Higgins, where you just prefer to be an anonymous citizen but keep on writing music regardless? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword, really, isn't it? Because I wouldn't take back anything for the world. I mean, I've had the career of my dreams, really. I've had creative control my whole adult life, and I've had a record company that have really looked after my well-being mm-hmm. in a very genuine way. So um, I feel like I'm progressing as a songwriter at, at my own pace. I've always just surrounded myself with super genuine people and and tried at every step of the way to kind of, I don't know, just lead a normal life and, and be humble and, and try to be, you know, have a healthy amount of self-deprecation and it's... it's um. It's been okay. <laughs> it's gone pretty yeah. well. Do, do you give advice or would you give advice yeah. to younger artists about, and even bearing in mind that you started in a different world to the social media binfire that we now live in, mm. but about how to how to cope with those sort of pressures? Yeah, God, it's a really different world now. I'm so glad that I didn't have, the, you know, the first 10 years at least of my career, there was none of that. There was like maybe a bit of MySpace, but mm-hmm. that, was, that was it. <laughs> um, so... I I don't know really how to how to give young people advice these days other than I I guess that I would be careful about what um you know what you're going to present to the world and make sure that it's not too highly you know curated and finely tuned in mm-hmm. a way that doesn't re- like honestly represent who you are because I think that can that can make for quite a bit of anxiety down the track of people finding out who you really are. And <laughs> there becomes, you know, because when you're, when you're famous, there's already a gap, a huge gap between who you really are and what people mm-hmm. see. And I think now with this, now with this very curated um, sense of identity that people are putting out online, it's, um, the gap is even wider. So it's okay for an artist to write songs and present a version of themselves and then just be a complete hermit the rest of the time, isn't it? It's just that we seem to reward and expect more of people in this day and age. Yeah, well, there's this there's this um, uh, expectation now that um, your fans need to be able to have direct access to you yeah. all the time as a person. They want to see what your home life is like. They want to see what you're like, you know, in your bathroom, in your bedroom and, you know, hear your deepest darkest thoughts and, um, you know, see the mundane part of your life as well. Otherwise, they're not getting enough content and they lose interest. You've leaned into that a little bit with Instagram videos where we get to see you at home and with family and all that. Has that been a reluctant journey or have you enjoyed that? Some of it's been fine. I go through months where I can't be bothered and I don't I don't feel like it. But then some of it is actually quite nice because you, it is actually quite good to have that direct line between you and the fans. I think the danger comes when um, you, you you find that there's nothing left for yourself mm. and you've given so much out there because these people don't really know you. They're only really knowing what you put out there and they're probably thousands of people that you're n- never going to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually, I think it's quite healthy to keep a bit of privacy for yourself. But it's a, it's a strange new world. I'm, I'm still trying to navigate it along with everyone else. Okay, snack packers, it's time to get into club.
heading to the beach, gonna catch a wave Cause the sun is up high and I ain't no slave To the humdrum ho-hum nine to five Cause I swim when I likes and I feel so alive When I'm all alone in that big blue sea Except for the shark that's swimming for me And my heart goes boom as my legs get hit The first rule of Bike Club, you gotta get bit Dave Pearson started Bite Club back in 2011 after a traumatic personal experience and out of a need and a desire to share that experience with others who weren't just asking all the obvious questions. Dave, welcome to the Snack Pack. I'm going to have to start by asking you the obvious question, even though you must be pretty sick of telling your story. Uh, not, not sort of really, because the first rule of Bite Club is we talk about our experiences, especially amongst other members, because... Talking about it allows you to let a little bit of the pain go each time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's actually quite um, cathartic to talk about your story and to release some of that hole that it's got over you. When was your shark attack? Um, 2011, um, 23rd of March, just a, a normal afternoon after work. Went out for a quick surf and um, my life changed. What happened? Um, just paddling out. I had a brand new surfboard, paddling out after three waves and... Um, Shark decided that I was having too much fun in the afternoon and come charging from underneath. And um, it was then that I was really thankful for a whole series of events that occurred. And, and number one was the bottom jaw of the shark actually got the surfboard first and its teeth were stuck into the surfboard. So it, as it flipped out of the water, um, my left arm got caught between its top jaw and the surfboard. And it took me down to the bottom of the ocean. And, and while we were down the bottom trying to separate from each other, it um, basically severed my my left forearm muscle completely separated from my arm. And it did a, a little bit of tendon damage in my wrist and, and my hand. It was like, you know, most of my left arm was actually down the right-hand side of the shark's mouth at that stage. And, yeah, they're quite sharp, the teeth of a shark, and um, they'll cut you quite quickly. And so... Yeah, we separated ways, fortunately, and I swam back up to the surface and climbed back on my surfboard. And as I was watching the water go red around me, I was looking at this quite large three-meter shark swimming around underneath me. And I, and I went, "Wow, this isn't this isn't good." And um, proceeded to try and stop some bleeding out of my arm and and get myself back to the beach. And you know, unfortunately, I got cleaned up by a set of waves and was getting close to drowning i guess at that stage um i realized i was about to drown because as a surfer when you get held under for quite a period of time you start to see the the stars and um it was then that i, I knew i was in even more trouble than i expected to be in and and luckily one of my mates even though i told him to get out of the water had decided that you know, he was going to paddle over and help dave get out so yeah, you've then described my life. Um, a, a moment, well, not not long after, where you're lying on a picnic table, thinking you're looking at your last sunset. Yeah, um, we had quite a bit of time. Unfortunately, we live, you know, fair away out of town, so emergency cover was, you know, a, a reasonable distance away, forty five minutes to start off with. But there'd been um, two car accidents in Taree, and the closest ambulance was, you know, about half an hour in the other direction. So it was nearly. A, an hour and a half by the time paramedics got to me, which, you know, I, I once again have to contribute all of that to my mates. And, and I remember taking my own pulse and, you know, realising that all my extremities had gone numb and, and looking at the amount of blood that we left in the water and on the beach. Yeah. I knew I wasn't healthy. And, um, yeah, so me and my partner, yeah, I just said to the guys, I said, 
Wow, what a beautiful sunset, guys. It's a nice night to die. Um, I was trying to keep the mood light because um, I could see the stress and, and the, the trauma in their faces as well. Dave, I have never felt more of a gulf between another fellow human. Here we are having a chat. You're, you're able to recount it eloquently with some humour as well, but I have never had an experience like this, and most people have not had an experience like this. Which brings us to Bike Club. What is it like? being able to share this tale with people who actually understand what you've been through? It's like meeting a family member that you never knew you had. There's such a deep understanding amongst our members that it's, and it's the same in, I guess, any trauma support group, anybody who's a cancer survivor or a returned veteran, you know, when you know that, when you meet that person who knows exactly what you've been through, there's a connection that you make that you don't need words for. And it's, um, it's quite a liberating thing to actually just sit there and, and and look at somebody in the eyes and you just know what they're thinking and um, and they know what you're going through. So, How many members of Bike Club are there? Um, we currently have, I um, think we hit about 480 the last couple of weeks. Um, we, don't, we don't just take shark attack survivors anymore. We've um, diversified, as most groups do. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some lion survivors in our group, um, hippopotamus survivors, uh, crocodile attacks, bears, wolves. So, yeah, any animal attack, they're very similar. Um, when you realise you're part of the food chain, it's a it's a tough thing for a human to get. And on that natural note, would you all describe yourselves, do you think, as animal lovers, despite what you've been through? Uh, I, most, most of us really don't consider the animal that, that much as part of our, you know, as part of our recovery. Mm-hmm. Um Basically, if you didn't like sharks beforehand, you probably don't like them now. Um, if you're a, someone who was like myself, I'm pretty indifferent to sharks. As long as they leave me alone, I'm pretty happy. And um, so I haven't really changed. I, we, we all go through a period where we spend a year or two years studying the thing that attacked us to try and figure out, you know, what's going on in its world. And the initiation's a bitch, but the, the grip's really good. This is the Sammy J Snack Pack. I am a member of Bike Club. Um, on my son's 13th birthday, I was in the kitchen making jelly and I looked out the window and saw a an injured possum walking across our backyard and our dogs are in the backyard, so I rushed outside to try and save it and I picked it up and it spun its head around and bit me on the finger and bit through to the bone on both sides. So I dropped, I dropped the possum and ran back inside and bandaged it up and then went back out and got the possum into a cat box. So by the next morning, my hand was red and swollen and uh, I had to go to hospital and um, I ended up being in hospital for a week and I had surgery twice and had three weeks off work. The Snack Pack. I did get bitten by a dog once, but it was really murky because it was like in the park and... A big dog was going my small dog, but my small dog is also known for aggravating big dogs. Like, he doesn't fight well, but he sort of... He's basically a smart-ass, you know, doesn't fall far from the ownership tree. And so I got bitten on the leg in this kerfuffle, but it was never really established who bit me. So I'm sure it was the big dog, but they were able to sort of say, oh, it could have been your dog. So I had a proper little scar for a while there and never had an outlet for my anger. Don't take my dog to that park anymore. Okay. Imagine that Twitter is a nightclub, right? It's been a great time. Everyone's had fun. There's celebrities in there. There's political types. But now a new owner has come in with a different DJ and changed the drinks. They're more expensive. Everyone's getting a bit over it. And then someone gets a text that says, hey, see you at Mastodon. And all the journalists and politicians and celebrities, they all just take off 
and they all head to Mastodon. What is Mastodon? Why are people going there? Someone is already there, and he's definitely dancing away, will definitely not be confused by this long, rambling introduction, is Natalia Ilashina, a research fellow and economist at RMIT University. Welcome to the Snack Pack, Natalia. What, what is Mastodon? Uh, so Mastodon is uh, just another social media app. Um, it's why people chose it over Twitter, because inside it looks a lot like Twitter after you register and get to choose your server. But to choose a server is a mission. <laughs> okay, so let's 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 start at the very beginning here. So a lot of people listening might not even be on Twitter, but they understand what it is. You sign up, then you can say what you want. It's all very public. What is different about Mastodon at that first stage? What is this idea of a server, Natalia? So um, you know how in Twitter we, we put our tweets, everyone can see it. It's all. Like you join, you just join Twitter. Mm-hmm. In Mastodon, you not just join Mastodon. You need to join a server. It's it's a small community, or can be a bit, bit smaller or bigger. Mm-hmm. There's about four thousand of them right now. So, and then you actually register your account inside that server. So it's like your nickname at the server name, and I registered at uh, Australian Social <laughs> just for the for the sake of it because first time you open it and start registering, you, you don't really know what, what it's all well, about. So you have to commit straight away to something that you don't even know much about. Yes, exactly. And actually lots of people express frustration about how do you actually choose because there's no intuitive way to actually go in and have a look and browse around. Maybe there is, but it's it's not that straightforward. So what does that mean that someone on one server can't talk to someone on the other server? Like it's like four thousand different little silos going on. Uh, so to yeah, you you can, but you need to find this person. To find this person, you need to know the actual nickname. So you can't just randomly search people. Mm-hmm. So that uh, that creates some level of privacy, I guess. Yeah, it's like, you know, if Twitter is one big nightclub, as you said, where everyone's hanging out together, uh, Mastodon is more like a collection of backyard parties. <laughs> okay, this is like, <laughs> I like it, but it's it's feeling quite different to Twitter, isn't it? It doesn't sound like necessarily it a replacement. Does. That's exactly the point. So why people think it is a replacement is why when you get inside that backyard or server... <laughs> Yeah, you have your tweets and likes and retweets that call differently, obviously, but it, but it's small, it's moderated, um, and each server is moderated differently, and depending on how the moderator of this server decided to moderate it so that everyone's happy, obviously. Does this mean, Natalia, that it hasn't got one central authority, someone like Elon Musk who could simply change the rules on a whim? Correct. So that's why it's called decentralized social media, uh, obviously. And this is what people um, like about it because they're worried about Elon Musk changing all the rules all across Twitter as opposed to you can cannot do this in Mastodon. Having said that, there is a moderator in each service. It's like a little Elon Musk in each backyard <laughs> party. <laughs> a little cheeky mini Musk. <laughs> yes. No more crumbs left. That's the Snack Pack for the week. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I've been Sammy J. Big thanks to Ross Kavanagh, my sound wizard, and my breakfast radio family. You can listen to me every weekday on ABC Radio Melbourne via the ABC Listen app. Have a great week ahead. Catch you soon. Hi, Philip Clark here from Nightlife. It might seem like too much of a good thing isn't good for you, but a little bit more nightlife won't hurt. 
Indira Naidu and I have everything you need to get you through the night on ABC Radio seven nights a week. And as for that little bit more, well, I'd like to invite you to listen to the Nightlife podcast. It's some of the bits you may have missed from the program available any time of the day. Some guests will make you laugh and some will make you cry and you'll always learn something new. It might even give you an edge for the mighty challenge. Hmm, there's only one way to find out. Make sure to add the Nightlife podcast to your favourites. You can find it now on the ABC Listen app.